You know, the good thing is that though we don't understand it all, we still can know that God is with us. Though we don't have the answers, we don't have to lean on our own understanding. I don't even have to trust my own, my own emotions. There are days maybe where you feel stronger than others. There may be days when you feel, you know, it's just another day. There may be days when God is doing something evident, showing you something very clearly. Other times it's we see in a, dear, a mirror dimly. We're constantly being reminded that it takes faith. And the disciples were, weren't getting it. The disciples weren't catching it yet. That Jesus stuck with them. And he, he told them what was going to happen. And he was going to leave them. And they couldn't fathom the idea. Things are just getting, it's starting to happen. They've been connecting now for three, three and a half years. They've been, been learning the truth from God. They've been seeing and witnessing the miracles that Jesus was doing. And then he's talking about leaving in John 14. He's talking about going away. I don't like goodbyes. <laughs> right? But in this side of heaven with people in, in faith, we don't say goodbye. We say see over there. See you on the other side. It's just so long. It's, it's, just, it's just a moment. A passing. What a hope. What a way to live. That the world doesn't have that hope, Paul described. That we, are, we grieve, but we don't grieve like those who do not have hope. When someone passes, I'm so glad. You know, he has sent the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He's not an it. He's not a thing. He has emotions. He's a person. And he comes to dwell within us. Right? That's why we can live and have our being. That's why we can even understand truth. Amen? Now we're going to look at that. We were in the 15th chapter last week. We discussed a little bit about uh, being connected with the vine. The vine is the Lord Jesus himself. We talked a little bit about the vine dresser. The Father is the one who prunes us. Uh, I have to understand from time to time that the Lord disciplines those whom he loves. He's... <laughs> He wants you to live in the best way. He wants you to walk on the best path with him. And when, if, if we start going off the path, he disciplines us. He brings us because he loves us. He wants us. My pastor used to say it this way. Far too many people are living below their privileges. Without the understanding. The Holy Spirit has come to give us so much more understanding that it takes our time. 
It takes our focus. It takes our, our, our discipline to meet with him, to call upon him. This, the disciples had not yet understood what, what Jesus was discussing. He was going away. He was going to be put to death. He was going to come back, but they weren't grasping it. And he begins to talk in the 16th chapter. In verse 1, these things I have spoken to you that you may be kept from stumbling. In other words, they were, they were struggling over what he was talking about. What do you mean you're, the world is going to hate us? Guess what? The world doesn't like God's ways. That's the world. The world, as the scripture describes, is another kingdom that the devil himself has dominion over to a degree that he's been given freedom to roam the earth and raise havoc and cause people to be evil and put into them deception. But the Holy Spirit has been sent to you and I that in verse 7, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the helper shall not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. That's huge. That's huge for, the, for us. That's the advantage that you and I have. I don't convict people. I don't have that. That is not my calling. That is not for us. Holy Spirit convicts. What does the word convict mean? It has to do with bringing a person to the understanding of their need. They need to change. And even to change, they need him. Are you with me? See, my job is to teach, walk, proclaim by lifestyle first. Demonstrate in the marketplace, live in my home and my family, how I treat my family, how I treat my neighbor. All this sums up to a message that we're preaching that there is a way in which to walk. It is the Christ. It is the Lord himself that came down to the earth and walked among us. You see, he said, he didn't just shout from heaven, here's the way you guys need to live. He didn't just throw the book down to us and say, this is how you guys need to live. But he himself steps out of heaven and begins to walk in the flesh, begins to be tempted in all things. I'm so glad he came. He took my place. He demonstrated to me that he is the way, the truth, and the life. People in our world are looking for realness. They're looking for genuineness. They're looking for something that works. They're looking for someone that's consistent, someone that will be the, the same as they are in a service so to speak, they, they walk out and they're demonstrating over, they're living with the fruits 
Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruits. What is the fruit? The fruit is the, that comes from the Holy Spirit. The fruit, that we, we know the fruits of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. But there, there are other ways to show by your works, demonstrating by your works of love, your acts of kindness, your, your reaching out, your listening ear sometimes is somebody, something that's necessary for someone to understand, do you care about me? Oh, do you only want, do you only want to preach what you want to preach? Are you ready to listen, but then to help people understand? This is what I believe. Paul said, be ready, instant, and season to give an, give an account. Be instant and ready in season and out of season. In other words, always be ready. The Holy Spirit will help you. Well, you say, I can't remember things. Guess what? I can't either. I, I mean, I'm kidding a little bit. I can remember things somewhat. But I can't remember things like I ought to. What did Jesus say about that? Don't worry about disciples, what you're going to say. Right? Don't worry about when you get there, God, the Holy Spirit. I'll give you what. I'll remind you. Have you found that to be true? Have you found that to come to pass? You didn't have a clue what you're going to say, but you just felt the need. You need to go talk to that. Or you need to listen to that person. All of a sudden, boom, there was a verse. Boom, there was a thought. That's the Holy Spirit. That's what the church is all about. The church needs to demonstrate, to live out, be the salt, be the light in the marketplaces of life. And Jesus said, you cannot hide your light. You cannot hide it under a bushel. You can, but he said, don't do that. In other words, let your light shine. You shall be my witnesses in Acts 1.8. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You shall go out into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. What is he talking about? It starts at home. It starts where you're at. It starts across the street. It starts how you treat your neighbor when you're driving down the highway. Come on. We're all tested. We're all tested. You know what? I'm glad for when the Holy Spirit convicts me when I wasn't right, when I had a wrong attitude, right? Thank God. Thank the Lord. What is that? Well, yes, we stumble. Yes, our flesh fails us. But the Holy Spirit is there. He nudges his back. He gently speaks you into our heart. That which you said was not the way you should have said it. Come on. Come on. The Holy Spirit is with us always. Holy Spirit. We sing about it. You see, it's one thing to be convicted. But there's another thing to say, Oh, Lord, change me. Change me. Help me to change. I read the Psalm 51, and that we know, we consider that that was probably written by King David when he sinned, adulterous sin, and where he was ashamed, and he scribes in that, in that Psalm 51 that he says, Create in me a clean heart. What are you sensing? That he feels that, that he's not right. He's, he's away from God. He's, he's feeling miserable. 
He's feeling ashamed. And the Holy Spirit, without the Holy Spirit, your life is totally empty. Without the Holy Spirit, this world would be so cold. The air, the atmosphere, I believe it. I believe there are territories where the enemy wants to keep captive. I believe there are territories and communities. There are strongholds that need to be prayed down and through by the people of God. I believe I, I sense, I've sensed this in not everywhere I go, and I don't go looking for them. We were on vacation once, and we sensed, my wife and I, we just place, just feel oppression. We just feel weird. We just feel, ah. And so we prayed, and we moved on from there. But there are definite spiritual realms, spiritual wars that are going on. I don't mean to be crazy. But listen, we have an advantage. Did you know that one of the gifts, and Vern has been going through the gifts, discernment is one of the nine gifts that we can discern. Is that of God? That doesn't seem right. God can give to us and know what to do. Make an adjustment. Stand firm. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide your life. And so this is the advantage. This is what Jesus is talking about. And so he's leading up. He's preparing the disciples. I'm going to leave. But you guys are going to carry on. You guys are going to take it from here. You guys are going to start the church. And I can just imagine they're thinking, how can we? What can we do? What can? We're just fishermen. Listen, God takes ordinary people to do extraordinary things because of the Holy Spirit living in them. You may feel just like a common laborer. You may feel like a common person. But guess what? God, the Holy Spirit, loves to use common people ordinary people. He'll use children. He'll use people that you wouldn't ever think could speak or wouldn't ever think they could do what they could do. God is no respecter of persons. What does that mean? He'll use anyone with a heart that is willing. His eyes move to and fro throughout the earth, seeking for a heart in whom he can fill. God is looking for his people today. God sees his people that are seeking after him. The Holy Spirit brings us, nudges us, brings us to the truth. So verse 13 says, When he, the Spirit, the truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall take of mine and shall disclose it to you. The Holy Spirit always elevates Jesus. The Holy Spirit always lifts up God. Always support. They are in unity one with another. They cannot be separated. They're always on track. They're always in the right truth. They're always in harmony. They are intertwined as we describe and try to describe the Trinity. So verse 16, a little while and you will no longer behold me. 
again in a little while you will see me. What he's referring to is his death, his resurrection right there. A little while, you, you won't, you, you, I'll be gone, but a little while, you'll see me. And so, after he came back from the resurrection, they were hiding, right? Remember? At one time, he walks into the room and he shows himself his resurrected body. And Thomas, who wasn't there the first time, missed out. But he came later, and he was con wasn't convinced yet. And Jesus said to him, Blessed are those who haven't seen me, yet they believe. I think Jesus was saying, Blessed are you, blessed are us, those who haven't seen me, those who have yet to be born, yet they still believe. And Thomas, then I will place, he said, unless I place my, you know, touch his sign, touch the imprints, I won't believe. You see, why is it so hard for some people to believe? I, I guess it's, it's a question I think we, we all might ponder. Sometimes we, even ourselves, we might have a hard time believing. The Holy Spirit needs to open the eyes of the heart. The Holy Spirit wants to open people's heart. When you're praying for someone to be saved, how should we pray? I pray, I pray this, open their heart. Open the eyes of their heart. Open their spiritual understanding. Holy Spirit, you are able to do that. Break down the will that is closing you out. There are hard, hardening, hard hearts in our world. There are layers after layers after layers of many people's hearts. And oftentimes they have to be unlayered and unlayered and taken down little by little. But the Holy Spirit, you know it, never stops, never gives up. Even for people who walk away from God, so to speak, or run from God, the Holy Spirit still goes after them, goes to them, doesn't you know, give up on them. He may let them go and make their choices. As Paul described, he, sometimes he turned people over so that they would come to their senses. But above and beyond all, it is in the heart of God to save people. It is in the heart of our Lord to bring people to himself. Well, the Holy Spirit works with us. They are going to be persecuted and Jesus was trying to prepare this group of men. They will hate you because they hate me. How should that make you feel? You know what you do with that? When someone doesn't like you for what you stand for, you just you love them anyway. You, you, you don't let it, don't let it get to you personally. Guess what? They hated Jesus. They crucified him. They didn't understand. And so what's going to, what's, what we need is a love that goes beyond ourselves, a love that goes past our own humanity. And that is where the Holy Spirit can help us, that we can love beyond ourselves. 
We know how to respond. Know how to respond. Sometimes responding, sometimes the best response is to only say, sometimes it's to say nothing. To try to build a bridge. You know, person's life. Persecution is going to happen to the church. Persecution happened to the disciples. Persecution is going to happen and is happening to the church today. Persecution, much more in other countries than it is here. Listen, we are not exempt from being persecuted. We will be, in fact, if we want to live a godly life, the Bible says we will be persecuted. You know what persecution was meant for the disciples in the book of Acts? You know what it meant? They got excited because they got persecuted. They were they were overjoyed that they were counted worthy to be persecuted. That just blows me away because it's not about them. In fact, if, if the enemy is coming against you, it's because your life is counting for something and that you're, that you're becoming a threat to the enemy. Now, now he wants to get, get, all, get everything against you. Listen, the promise, the Holy Spirit, is guiding us. We can prevail. He has provided us the helper. He's provided us for us the power beyond ourselves. And this prevailing thought here in verse 20 describing as a uh, weeping and lamenting, uh, but the world will rejoice. Uh, you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into... That's he's referring to your... You will be sorrowful when I am crucified. But your joy, your sorrow will be turned to joy. In other words, they would one day understand what he was talking about when, when he would send the helper, the Holy Spirit. Because it was on the, the day of Pentecost. It was on that special day on, in the upper room that there's 120 that were gathered were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They spoke in other languages. They declared the things of God. Many around were saved because of that. And then they went out and proclaimed the gospel with such power and boldness, they weren't afraid of anything. What happened? These are the guys that were hiding out. The Holy Spirit. You know, I was the shyest. I've said this a couple times. I was so shy. I was awarded in my high school archive the shyest. The Holy Spirit can help us with that. None of us are capable of doing anything except... This thought here about joy. Every time what I've witnessed, when someone gets baptized in the Holy Spirit, immersed when we believe what we believe is that is a gift for everyone who believes to receive this empowerment, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit in another dimension. The Holy Spirit lives in us at the moment we receive Christ. 
comes to live within us. But the book of Acts describes that there is a there is a dimension of the Holy Spirit that he comes to give us the power to be a witness. And your sorrow shall be turned to joy. We were in the hospital in Duluth, Minnesota. My wife was uh, was after Levi. Before Emily, we had we had another girl coming, and she was like six six months, five to six months. We were on a vacation, and Carrie could tell something was wrong. We were on vacation. I think we were in Florida at that time. And she began to become troubled. And sure enough, when we got back, there was no heartbeat. You know, sorrow hit us. Sorrow hit us. And we were going through that. And I remember going to the window, looking out across the, I think I could see the lake. And uh, we were thinking about calling her Maria. And uh, I said, Maria, joy. That's what hit me. I was like the Holy Spirit. Joy comes in the morning. She is in heaven. There's joy in heaven. So what, what I'm saying is just to, to relate to people. If you've lost a baby, if you've lost a loved one to the Lord, there's so much joy. Sorrow may weep, last for the night. And sometimes that sour Sorrow was a season of life that no one and you, but only you and God can understand. But God understands your pain and your hurt. But there is, there is a day of victory coming. And there is a day of joy that is coming. There is a day that the church is going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. There is a day of victory when Satan will be bound forever and forever. And the church of Jesus Christ will no longer have to worry about it anymore. Amen? The Holy Spirit will live on and on and on in us. And we shall be changed. What do you mean? With a moment and a twinkling of, we're going to get a new body. This body cannot contain the fullness of God. This body will die in the fullness of God. When I believe the body that he's preparing for us and receive the fullness, be in the very presence of God, face to face, then we shall know him. We shall see him as he is. Amen? Encourage you. When you go into your workplace Monday morning, and pray to the Lord and say, Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, be my thoughts. Orchestrate my thought, my, my whole attitude. Help me to align myself, what you're saying. Help me to hear what you're saying. Holy Spirit, you come to live through your church, to live through you. It's it. That Carol and Daryl leave us this week when they go to Texas. The Holy Spirit goes with them. Right? And there's, there's other friends they have that are waiting for them, that are there. They have a bond. They have a kindredship with other people. You see, I liken it to, you've probably heard this, 
people have left the shores from other countries who came over here. You see, the people that left were saying goodbye so long, goodbye. But the people on the other side were saying hello, welcome. You see, if we could only see a glimpse into heaven, if we could only see a moment, I think we would be changed forever. That there are people there. They're waiting for you and I. The Jesus above all, the Holy Spirit. You see, it's, it's still a work. If there's one more left to be saved, God is patient, not willing that any should perish. Can we just offer a praise to him? The song that we're going to sing there speaks about the Holy Spirit. I just pray that this message will encourage you. What an advantage. What an advantage. Let's pray. Let's be used. Let's be filled. Let's walk in the Spirit.